Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. We're back today, and I'm so excited because I know what you're going to talk about. And this really, really excites me, um, not because it's just an interest of mine, because I'm kind of a word nerd, and I and I love studying the words in Scripture, but it's because it it comes from a question that we are asked all the time and not just by new believers because we love to work and and interact with new believers that's our heart Mm -hmm. is making disciples who make disciples but we get this question all the time and i know you get it across the world i (laughs) i don't think there's much time that goes by where this doesn't pop up Mm -hmm. so the the big question is can you trust your version of the bible yeah, and it comes out of a question we received. Why don't you uh, read that question? Okay. This actually comes um, from the Middle East, and it says, I want to share concern that in Egypt and North Africa, the gospel is preached in the Van Dyke Arabic version. In my humble opinion, using other versions like the Kitab al-Hayat, popular in Lebanon and the Levant region, will be considered by Muslims as proof of the corruption of the Bible due to their understanding of the literal, physical inspiration of the Quran. Wow, that, that was is quite a question. I think I yeah. lost everybody with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But it, really what it is saying is, yeah. can you well, put that in a yeah, nutshell? Yeah, okay, yeah. That I think is one of your great gifts. I love that about you, is you can take these great big things of theology, that's not theology, but it's a great big thing, and you can condense it for... People like me who are a little more simple <laughs> and shout yeah. out to Dr. Charles Ryrie from Dallas Seminary who uh, modeled that concept of taking theological truths yes. and teaching it to if you can teach it to to a child to a child and yeah. uh, I love to teach theology to children and that's yeah. what that's that's how we learn yeah uh, if you can teach them because they're and not you love doing that with your grandchildren yeah. I have this which there's going to be eighteen soon which is mm-hmm. awesome I I have this picture of my mind it was our first born grandchild and you were sitting in a chair with a theology book and I think he was four or five months and you were reading it to him. (laughs) (laughs) So I love that. Train them up young. Yeah, yeah. So what this question is asking is, so there's what's called the Van Dyke uh, version of the Bible. That's an Arabic translation of the Bible and it's very popular. It would be equivalent to the King James, I mean, they're still out there, the King James only people. They think the Apostle Paul wrote the Bible in King James English, and that's how it came, and and they're going to defend it. This is the true Bible and the true version, mm-hmm. and we can, we'll can talk about that in a second. But that's kind of like what the Van Dyke is like in the Arab world. So many people, it is sacred to them. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like the King James only on steroids. I mean, it's... It is, and the, any deviation from that yeah. is... Yeah. Incorrect. And uh, right? yeah, a little irony. Sorry to shout, to tick off my uh, Arab friends here and stuff like that. But it is kind of <laughs> ironic that they would only use that. It was actually a translation by a missionary, a Western missionary, and working with some Arabs, of Into course. Arabic. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. the Arabs a little stilted. It's a little old. The words. Arabic is. The Arabic is. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And a lot of the young people don't even understand some of the words that are used in it. So they've come up with newer t- translations of it. Well, of the Arabic. Well, the problem is Muslims love that idea because they believe in Islam, the Quran was written in Arabic in heaven, and literally it was revealed to Muhammad in Arabic. And so, in fact, I love to go to a bookstore or even look online. If you find an English translation of the Quran, it will not say the Quran on it. 
It'll say an interpretation mm-hmm. of the Quran because you can only really truly understand the word of God, the Quran for Muslims, if you read it in Arabic, mm. because that's the holy language of heaven. Mm. And, and I think they're right. I do believe in heaven they speak Arabic because we've been learning it and it's true. <laughs> It'll take us all eternity to actually learn Arabic. So it might be the language of heaven. Bad joke. It I could get be. it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's English. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for they would say, see, our, our word, the Quran came from heaven. There's no mistakes. There's no changes. But look at your different versions and the way they translate different things and the different manuscripts. Have we and ever all that. counted? We're talking English versions, yes. versions today. So no, I don't know. There are hundreds, if yeah. not thousands of versions yes, of the it Bible. It seems like every week yeah. there's a new one. Yeah. And I, what really yeah. sends people over the edge, and if you have a Bible, and if you've ever read a newer translation, anything from an English Standard Version to a New American Standard Version to the NIV, to you'll see a lot of times they'll have footnotes, and it'll say, mm-hmm. not in the original manuscripts, or not in the earliest manuscripts, mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Not the original manuscripts, not in the earliest manuscripts. Mm-hmm. And I always time I think to myself, having lived in the Arab world, where is the Christian Uthman at? Where is our Uthman? <laughs> I think that every day I wake up and I go, where is the Uthman? Okay, here's your little rabbit trail, but I want to teach you this. You probably, have you ever thought... Uthman was a third caliph of Islam. What that means is he and was- And we're looking for him. Is that right? <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole okay. other, yeah. That's the Mahdi who's coming. Yeah, anyway. no, I know. So, I set you up yes, for now. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Muhammad, all Muslims around the world agree, Muhammad was the founder of Islam. And then mm-hmm. Abu Bakr was the first leader, they called him the caliph of mm-hmm. Islam. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you have Uthman. What Uthman did is he found these varying different manuscripts of of the Quran, and they had differences. He said, okay, which one are we going to think Muhammad wrote or translated, they would say, wrote down, sorry. Let's get it right. I'm going to represent them well. They believe it was revealed to Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Which one is the true manuscripts? Mm-hmm. And let's burn and get rid of all the other ones. So that would be like if we put all our translations yeah. in a yeah. pile and said, this Don't one. you wish in the early church somebody would have said, okay, let's yeah. burn them all. Let's hide them. And Now, there's problems with this, okay? Yes, I don't want to make it is. like yeah, Islam. Yeah. What do they do? With- we're going to have people burning books. And yeah, all- exactly. Yeah, no, don't yeah. do that. No, don't yeah. do that. Well, I'm no. going to tell you why. And actually, we sometimes as Christians feel inferior to this view of our Bible. Because, oh, don't we wish we had a version that just came down out of heaven? It's and not, stuff. yes. Yeah, and well, that. that's why we don't worship the Bible. You know, there's some people who yes. actually, it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Scriptures. Mm. That's not the mm. Trinity. Okay, we don't worship the book. The book teaches us about the one we worship, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, I think I said great. this in another podcast, but people need to remember this. We don't believe the Bible is true no, we don't believe in Jesus because we believe the Bible is true. Start over. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's say that yeah, again. Yeah, make sure we have that one right. Yeah. That's why we should probably script these and make it a fake yeah, podcast no, where, you know, work. we're just actually teaching things we've been studying. No, we're just having conversation, yeah. right? Uh, I love to, to say this. I believe in the Bible because I believe in Jesus. I don't believe mm. in Jesus because I believe in the Bible. Mm. Jesus taught mm. us the Bible's true. That's, That's why I believe in the Bible, not because of all the manuscript evidence and all the mm. arguments for it. Now, I believe in those arguments, and I can defend the Bible and that, but that's not ultimately the reason I believe in it. I believe in Jesus, and he saved my soul, and he taught the scriptures are yeah. true. Yeah. So, so with that, we don't have an Uthman who just said in the Christian history, who said, this is the translation, this is the Bible, that's true. These are the original manuscripts, and we don't have that. So what's our answer? 
So what do I say to this person? And I say the beauty of the incarnation. Mm-hmm. I say it's about the incarnation. That is a Christianized word. It's a true word. It is. It's so what a is incarnation? Word, but what? It, what is? You're it the mean? wordsmith. I mean, I love incarnation. <laughs> I'm gonna let, I'm gonna put you on the spot right here on the pod. What's incarnation even mean? It's it's where flesh and spirit meet. Exactly. Hey, man, you are. Smart chick, I love that. We didn't practice <laughs> that. You did when you said I you were going to be on the spot. I was like, yeah, I oh love my that. gosh! No, yeah. it's true. It's what I love. That's what I love about you. I have all these degrees and all that. Doesn't mean mm. anything. You can study the Bible and learn. And yeah, you are you are actually can. probably more impressive than me because yeah. you are a student and you didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> we had to use our inheritance to pay for my education. <laughs> yeah, but hey, yeah. that's another yeah. uh, podcast. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, financial exactly. accountability. We'll talk yeah. about that in another. Yeah, yeah. Love our rabbit trails. Yes. Incarnation. Yeah, exactly what you said. It's bringing the spirit and the flesh, and we use incarnation with a capital I, talking about mm-hmm. the incarnation when God became flesh. Jesus. When, yes, exactly. Yeah. He's fully the Chalcedon Creed. We believe it. Mm-hmm. Jesus is fully God mm-hmm. and fully man. And yes. it's united in what's called the hypostatic union. Oh, now we're yeah. getting deep now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where they were brought together, the yeah. incarnation. And it's yeah. the same with the Bible. Mm-hmm. God didn't send down the Bible translated, I mean, written already and just dropped mm-hmm. into the Apostle mm-hmm. Paul or the Apostle John's lap. Mm-hmm. What he did is he used the inspiration of the Bible, divine inspiration to the Holy Spirit. Second Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture mm-hmm. is inspired or God breathed. Yes. So it's divine. It's a divine book. God breathed into it. Second mm-hmm. Peter 1, 20 and 21 says that men moved by the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit spoke mm-hmm. from God. And that word moved is the idea of wind being blown into a sail. So God, mm-hmm. God like moved him. So it's divine. It's a divine book, mm-hmm. but he used human writers. Mm-hmm. He used also the flesh. He used people to write in their personalities and their mm-hmm. giftings and their context. Some of them are given from Sinai to Moses in, in, on, in the law. Mm-hmm. Some of them are poetic. David writing Psalms when he's with his mm-hmm. sheep out in the fields. And others are Paul writing letters to his churches, to mm-hmm. the churches. Mm-hmm. And so God used those different human things mm-hmm. and connected it with divine things, his inspiration mm. to create a book that's incarnate. And, mm. and, and I love it. I, I love to teach people this. When, when I'm teaching Greek to my, to my students, we'll, we'll go through Luke. And if you read Luke mm. in Greek, it is rough. The dude was a doctor, okay? <laughs> Smart guy. And the Greek is hard. Like It's just like when I read a scholarly book, I have to put it down about every five minutes and look up a word. That's what you have to do. And it's like, I've never seen that word in Greek before. And you have to go look it up and because mm. he's using all these unique words mm-hmm. and, and very complex sentences. Mm. And then you come to the Gospel of John. I love the Gospel of John. That's why we all, in fact, if you've ever taken a Greek class, you almost always started in the Gospel of John. Yeah. Because he's a fisherman. Okay. Fishermen aren't known for their scholarship. Now you can be a scholarly fisherman, I guess, but, (laughs) but if you read John, it's literally, it's like the Dr. Seuss of Greek. (laughs) See Jesus run, run Jesus run. (laughs) I mean, it's so simple. And it's like, wait a minute, did God write in the scholarly realm or did he write more in the, Mm. you know, just the common words? Yes. He used Mm. humans to reach different people with different languages and different Mm. ways. And, and that's the beauty of it. I love that. and so, which is, I always ask, which is the greater miracle with the Bible? That God dropped his word into a, the lap of a person already written and that person revealed it? Or that God moved through 40 different authors over a 1500 year period in wow. three different languages on three different continents to tell one story? Yeah. 
which is the greater miracle? That's the incarnation. That's our God. It's mystery. It blows our mind. I Okay, God went and dropped a word into somebody's lap in a cave. Okay, I get that. How did he do all of this inspiration yeah. and how did that work? Yeah. Well, that's why he's gone. And they're cohesive. Yeah. Wow. So, which brings us to ultimately the great question is, so which version do we use in English? Yeah. Let's talk about some translations theories for a sec. Which, yeah. which version do you use? I use the New American Standard version oh. and it's been updated a couple of times. So you call it NASB or NAS or, um, and I, I read out of that. I have for 40 years mm. out of the same version um, because I believe it's the most literal uh, and it has a, it has a word for word equivalency. And I know you're going to talk about that a little bit because there is really no such thing as a word for word equivalency. I get that. When we studied Arabic, you know, it wasn't like, okay, here's the sentence in English and here it is in Arabic. It, do, it doesn't work mm -hmm. like that. Languages aren't like that. Yes. Um, but for me, the consistency of reading the literal interpretation of God's yeah. word, yeah. not a man's interpretation. I am laughing because of our friends. We work with Bible translators around the mm, world. And we do. if they, some of my scholarly friends, if they heard you say that, they would lose their minds. Oh, there's no literal Bible, no word for word. And all. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are just excuses. I get I it. Get, I bet. <laughs> yes. And I love them. Now, yeah. let me qualify something here. Mm -hmm. When I, I love, because again, I've had some heated discussions with my mm -hmm. translator friends around the world, and it's mm -hmm. great. And we love each other, and we may not agree on everything. But let me clarify something. We're not talking about Bible translation into a new language where there's no words. Yeah, there's no written form or there's no literary idea. Form, yeah. Like, for example, when you talk about you know, our sins are white as you know snow. Mm -hmm. Well, if you've been in a culture that's never seen snow, how do you translate that word? They don't have a word for snow. They've never mm -hmm. seen snow. Now, that's a unique situation, mm -hmm. okay? And you have to come but up with ideas what, and describing that's it. That's what translators deal with. Exactly. They're, they're, yes. Yeah. Yes. And so what we're talking about here is not dealing with that. Yes. And that what yeah. we're talking about is a philosophy of translation. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I want to say, for if you're listening to this, after my video on the gospel, my video on which version of the Bible you should use, mm -hmm. I believe every Christian should see it. Yeah. Because it... it, it it's so important. It it really is. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Yeah, go to our YouTube. Serving Bound Borders. Thank you. But I remember when we were talking about that, we've always talked about this because it's something that's really close to our hearts. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean I don't read other versions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, side by side, when I go through things, sometimes I'll read through the NLT, yeah. New Living Translation, or, you know, different ones in that to maybe bring some color to it yeah. or some understanding. And that's exactly. And so that's where, you know, we can, it's the radical middle, yeah. you know, yeah. King James only. Okay. Well, maybe, but you know, there no, are. No, not maybe. There's no King James only. No, <laughs> it's you not a King maybe. James, your favorite Bible and you believe it's the best. That's mm -hmm. great, but it's not only. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks that's for the right. clarification. Yes, that's the radical I like middle. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But so will you tell us a little bit about the different translations then and what that yeah. means? Like yeah. the the issue that we talk yeah. about all the time. So for me, I, again, I like to keep things just simple. Mm. It comes down to just two Kiss. questions. Kiss. Keep yes. it simple. Sweetie. Sweetie. Not yes. stupid. <laughs> no words of death. No words yes. of death. Yeah. Um, two questions. What does it say? And what does it mean? Mm. A translation should focus on what does it say? Mm -hmm. Commentaries tell us what does it mean? Mm. Or interpretations tell us what does it mean? Mm. And so... Uh, 
I want a Bible that's telling me what does the Bible say, mm. not what does it mean. Mm-hmm. I'll use those and I read those Bibles, mm-hmm. just like you said. I'll read those versions. Mm-hmm. But I want to know first, what does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. And now let me go off on a rabbit trail. Yeah. Because this is why I'm so passionate about this. Mm-hmm. I truly believe Amos 8 is going to happen. We are going to see a famine for the word of the Lord. Mm. Because we are getting a whole generation now who doesn't know what the Bible says. Mm. They're preaching out of the versions of the Bible that don't translate the Bible literally. And Mm. it's using words that are not in the original text, using phrasing that's not in the original text. And they're Mm. preaching it like that's what Paul wrote. That's what Mm. Moses wrote. Wow. It's like, that's not what he wrote. That's your, or that's some human's interpretation of Mm -hmm. what it wrote. Mm -hmm. And I've got some examples here, but um, go on our YouTube channel and you can see which versions are more formal equivalent. Mm -hmm. The big ones are the new. That's the word I was looking for. Yes, formal equivalent or literal. Everyone hates the word literal, but I still use it. The more literal, the more formal equivalent versus Mm -hmm. dynamic equivalent. If you don't know what that means, Mm -hmm. praise God, we have Google search and you can do, (laughs) there's millions of articles out there. Um, There's some good articles on the blue letter Bible that that are good good ones. It's a free resource. It's an app that you can download. And it's great. Yeah. I use it all the time, actually, because I love word studies. So yeah. you know, I love free. So yeah, I love anything <laughs> yeah. that's free. You don't have <laughs> yeah, to pay exactly. For it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you can search that, but but the big ones, the three big ones are the New King James, the mm. New American Standard, and the ESV. English as far Standard as version. literal, those are the more literal, dynamic. Uh, I mean, formal equivalent. It's mm-hmm. called. Mm-hmm. And and let me give you some examples of what I mean by what it says versus what it means. Mm. Now, I love what you said. I read the NIV. I read the New Living Translation. I I read those other mm-hmm. popular well, ones. Well, see the you know the message quoted or different yes. different yes, translations exactly. quoted, not translations. Yeah. No, I made an error there, yeah. didn't I? Yes. Those are commentaries. Well, okay, let me in some ways. Let me just go ahead and tweak the audience right now, and I'll just say to you, mm-hmm. the one of the worst phrasings is the New Living Translation. Mm. That is not a translation. Mm -hmm. That's a commentary, an interpretation. I call it the New Living Interpretation. Mm -hmm. What's funny is the man who wrote, it comes from the history of it in the 19, I think 60s, could have been 70s, a man wrote the Living Bible, Mm -hmm. a paraphrase. I remember that. And and he takes a lot of freedom in his wording. Liberty. (laughs) Yeah, that's a a commentary. That's what it is. And I love reading it because Mm -hmm. a commentary makes you think, oh, is that what he means by that word? Mm -hmm. Or is that what they're trying to convey? Mm -hmm. And But that's where we disagree. Mm -hmm. He felt like he took a lot of his resources and helped get the New Living Translation going. Mm -hmm. But it's not a translation. It still stays with that paraphrase Mm because it's called the Living Bible, but it's not called the Living Bible Translation. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is. I don't know, but I don't (laughs) think it is. So we have to be careful even when we see Mm. these words called translation. Mm. And let me give you an example, Mm. okay? So in Revelation, I mean, sorry, Romans 7, 18. Romans 7, 18. Let me just read the first part to you from the New American Standard. Mm. It says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. Now, Paul uses the word sarx there in the Greek. It is literally the word for the skin that's pulled over bones and uh, Mm. muscle. It's flesh it's it's a physical thing that's what the word mm. that's what the word says that's mm. what he said okay mm. now what does he mean well that's where we can get into interpretation that's why god gave teachers to the church mm. to help teach us the meanings and to study and to learn mm-hmm. and we can just, and that's where the debate comes mm-hmm. but there's no debate on what he said he mm. said the word flesh mm-hmm. now you can say skin but flesh is probably the best word for it mm-hmm. now listen to the niv for I know that good, 
itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. Sinful nature? Well, one, it uses two words to translate one word. The Mm -hmm. one word is clear. This isn't like some mystical word that we can't figure out what is the Mm -hmm. exact equivalent in English for it. Mm -hmm. It's flesh or skin or something. Why do they translate it sin nature? Sinful nature. See, they interpreted the word. And that's fine. That's an interpretation. Mm-hmm. I say, read the NIV. Learn maybe what flesh means there. Maybe mm. it does mean sinful nature. Maybe it doesn't. That's what we can discuss. Mm. Mm. But I want to know first what it says. Mm. But here's what's scaring me. We have so many preachers. So is it more like the idea than the word? Yeah. So it's an idea. So this particular yeah. translation is more... Idea is kind of a nebulous yeah. word, though. I think it's a little real for us to... Mm. to, to See, I, I say meaning is better. Good. What is the meaning? Good. I like that. And what? So here's where it is. We have a whole generation of preachers now mm-hmm. who don't know Greek and Hebrew. Mm-hmm. We have a whole generation of pastors and people out there who don't know Greek and Hebrew, and they don't know the resources to how to study it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're preaching off of translations. And so, so they'll sit there and they'll talk about the sinful nature. And how, And Paul didn't inspire the word in sinful nature. Mm-hmm. He inspired the word. Flesh. Flesh, yeah. And so that's a danger. Now here, mm. I'm going to go off on a tangent because I want every reader to hear this because I am... Every uh, listener? Every listener. <laughs> and you. Mm-hmm. I've taught you this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a new thing that's invading the church. It's mm-hmm. called the Passion Translation. Mm-hmm. And like the other ones, okay, we can debate on the New Living Translation and the NIV and all, some of those other... There are groups of people yeah, that came yeah, together to... Exactly. Yeah. The message yeah. and those things. And the message is clear. It doesn't claim to be a translation. Never Eugene, did. Peterson, Eugene Peterson. No. Peterson. It's to help yeah. you see the Bible yeah. and you to think... Readability. About, yeah, and I love... I read say read it. Please yeah. hear me say this. Read those versions. Get flavor and color mm. from the Bible from listening to those versions. Mm-hmm. But they're not translations. Mm. But the Passion translation, just the, the passion translation is now being taught. And I heard a famous preacher, he preaches from this. Mm-hmm. He's a famous, young, hip, cool, you know, skinny jeans, ripped, you know, preacher with his hair. Oh, and all skinny that. jeans. Mm-hmm. And you're cool too, <laughs> but I'm saying, but I'm saying because people listen to him, is it they listen to him because it's theological accuracy or because he's a great communicator? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he's preaching a lot from the, the passion translation is not a translation. It's actually, mm-hmm. I, I believe it's heresy. And I'm going to use that word very strongly, but I'm that wow. passionate about and the Bible. And you know Bible. what? I rarely hear you use that word. No, I You're don't actually like... very cautious with that word. So when you say that word, I'm like, wow, I, that's... Yeah. I only use it in two word. things. When somebody distorts the gospel, you have to be saved another way, by except by faith, mm. by grace through faith in the gospel mm. that Christ died for our sins and was raised on the third day. Mm. I go off on that. And I go off for people who say they've received revelation from God and they add and take away from the word of God. Doesn't the Bible say that they are accursed? Deuteronomy 4 and Revelation 22 both say Mm -hmm. anyone who adds and takes Mm -hmm. away from this word will be judged. Mm. Here's a man, I don't want to slander, but it's all on YouTube. If you want to watch Mike Winger on his YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. he has hired scholars to to go through this Mm -hmm. translation of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And anybody who says they've received secret downloads from Jesus Christ to to give new revelation, new insights mm. into the Bible. No, no. Mm. That's that's the same as people going to caves and yes, they are, new, we, we've seen that in a couple yeah. of the religions of the world, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's invading Special the church. Revelation. And now people, yeah. uh, 
yeah, they're, they're getting too caught up on experience instead of the objective word mm. of God. And this translation. Radical middle. We need yeah, both. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And anybody who says that they've been into the library of heaven and Jesus revealed to them that there's John chapter 22, which Oof. if you've read your Bible, you know, the gospel of John only has 21 chapters, but he literally said this. This isn't slander. I mean, he has, he did interviews and said this, that he saw and God hasn't revealed chapter 22 to him yet. He's not ready for it yet. Well, he better never be ready for it this side of the second coming because that's heresy. Mm. God has not revealed something new that the scriptures, mm -hmm. the what they read we in the scriptures. Here, don't exactly. We? Yeah. In the second century is the same scriptures we mm. have now. Yeah. And be careful of people who say that. So listen to how the Passion Translation says. For I know that nothing good lives within the flesh. See, he leaves the word flesh. That's good. Mm. I mean, of my fallen humanity. Where does the word fallen in humanity? Where's that in the original text? I have the Greek here in front of me. Doesn't use any of those words. Doesn't use humanity and fallen. He's mm. adding to the word of God. Mm. Now, that's great if he wants to say he has a commentary mm. to help mm. you understand it. That's great. Mm -hmm. But to say that this is a translation of what God inspired Paul to write, mm. you see how you see how close we're going to come mm. to now we decide what the word of God says? Mm. We already fight yeah. about interpretation, but now we're actually fighting about translation. Mm. And I know I'm going off on this, but uh, and, and if people yeah, it's a passion of your heart, write questions it. to us, discuss it, tell me how crazy I am, that's fine. I'm not mm. going to back down because it's the Word of God. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to die on this hill because yeah. we, I don't mess with the Word of God. It's what Jesus, Jesus literally said that ne no jot or tittle is going to pass from the law. What in the world does that mean, <laughs> yeah, right? Well, yeah. those are the words we can interpret that now or translate it. Actually, how it's translated is smallest letter or stroke of the law. That's pin markings. Now we can discuss our interpretation of that. Mm -hmm. It's not going to pass away. God's mm -hmm. word. The grass withers. What is Isaiah 48? Yeah. I grass withers, the flower, the flower fades. fades. But the word of our God stands forever. Stands forever. Yeah. Here's another one of my favorite ones for people. Mm. And again, don't let scholars mess you up. Well, you got to get into the whole scholarly realm of what translation means and interpretation. And they write whole books. Mm. And the, scholars love to just get in the realms and fight about this. I'm a simple person. Mm. I believe the God, word of God was given to the common man. Yes. That's why my heroes are John Wycliffe. And common woman. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, sorry. thank you. For <laughs> we can translate that that's word right. one of these times. Oh, we yeah. can get in. Oh, yeah, yeah that would yes. be a whole podcast. That, that's probably yes, about gender inclusive podcasts. language. Oh, that's a good <laughs> yes. one. Yeah, William Tyndale and John Wycliffe, men who literally had to run for their lives, and and some of them died for their faith mm -hmm. because they were protecting and translating the word of God into the mm -hmm. common language of the people. Mm -hmm. And the church, the mm -hmm. church, tried to keep the Bible out of people's hands. Mm. That's something. Wow. So here's another one. Colossians 1.15. Mm. Pretty simple. It says that in New American Standard, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Mm. Now, in the New American Standard, there's a footnote there. Mm. I love footnotes because it mm -hmm. makes sure that, okay, maybe this could be interpreted mm. a little different. Mm. It says in the footnote, you could also translate it, who is the image of the invisible God? The Greek word there, has, it can be translated here, who. Mm. And so it's trying to let you know that that's how they, they chose he, but it could also be translated that. But mm -hmm. Now listen what the NIV does. It says the sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Mm. Huh. I, look, I have the Greek here in front of me. The word sun, huias, is not there. 
No, they're borrowing it from the verses before, but it doesn't say that. He mm. didn't use the word son in the Greek there. Mm. The NIV interpreted that word has, which means he or who. They interpreted that so that you would think it says son. Mm. And that's great. And maybe that's right. I think it is right. Mm. Uh, but that's not what it says. Mm. It's what it means, but it doesn't what it says. Mm. So here's what's funny. Now look what the New Living Translation says. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Well, first they added the word visible there. Mm. It never says that in the Greek. Mm. They added that. That's mm. adding to the word of God. It <laughs> doesn't say that. Mm. Paul didn't write that. He wasn't inspired to write that. So the word invisible in your living translation is a human word that was added to the Bible. Mm. I don't want to be the God mm. who has to stand before the Lord one day and says, oh, yeah, it was actually a committee. Oh, yeah, we added to your word, and we called it a translation. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm going to call it out. Those people need to repent and change it and call us the New Living Interpretation or New Living Commentary, the New Living Paraphrase of the Bible. Mm. It's not a translation, mm. according by wow. my definition. Now, they can define how translation, make it up, make up words. That's what we're doing now. That's what we're doing with the Word of God. <laughs> nope. You're not passionate no, about this. No, I am. <laughs> because look what it said. Do you notice it said Christ is the invisible mm. image of the invisible, is the invisible image of the invisible God. Wait a minute, the New new American, I'm sorry, the NIV told me it says the Son. Mm. Here it's telling me Christ. Mm. Those are two different words. Mm. Christ is a full word that has much meaning in it, meaning Messiah. It's a Greek translation mm -hmm. of Messiah and, and the anointed one. And why is he using that word there in that context? Because anytime yeah. the word Christ is used, there's a, there's a theological meaning for it being mm -hmm. used. Mm -hmm. Is that what's happening here? No, because Paul mm. never said that. Mm. But yet we'll have men get up in the pulpit, women, okay, speaking, who will say Christ is the invisible God, and they'll expound on Christ. And you're going, that's great, but that's not what it says. Mm. And do you see how quickly we can become ignorant of what God really says in his yeah. word? I want to yeah. hear men and women teach me from the word of God yeah. of what the writers said, yeah, not what we interpret it to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm passionate about this. You are. Do you think so? <laughs> think people will turn us off and never are. listen to us again? No. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. It's between them and the Lord, but I'm going to stand upon the word of God. Yeah. I want to know what it says. And yes. again, be sure and hear what we're saying. Read the New Living Interpretation. <laughs> the New Living <laughs> Translation. Read the NIV. In fact, I, yeah. I know seeker-sensitive churches that use the NIV because they think it's easier for people to understand yeah. and all that. That's, That's great. great. As long as the uh, pastor is doing his research and when he comes to a place where it disagrees or it yeah. not disagrees, but it well, if it disagrees, now we have a bigger <laughs> yeah, problem. Yeah. But where it deviates from what it says, he brings that out. Mm -hmm. So his people are not ignorant of what the Word of God mm -hmm. says. Mm -hmm. That's the preaching of the Word. Yeah. That's what changes lives. Faith comes I by hearing that. and hearing by the word of Christ. Yes. All right. Yes. Well, I think Absolutely. that's enough. <laughs> Whew, my mind is blown. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm telling you, you probably might have some questions. Write us at yes. info at servingbb.org. And I tell you, if you write us, I'm going to do my best, even if we don't talk about it on a podcast. Mm. I will try to answer your questions. If you're writing just to be snarky, I'm not going to write you back. <laughs> but if you really want to know and have questions and good questions, I will interact with you on this because yeah. we must stand upon the word of God because yeah. it teaches about Jesus Christ, our yes, Savior. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening. Next time it yeah. might be lighter. It might not. <laughs> but thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate. But well, we just want to say, do what you want. 
We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.